again, I want to thank everybody for dialing in. Thank you guys that are watching and uh, listening on YouTube and, and via the podcast. It's just great to have you here. You know, we've been in a series over the last few weeks where we've been talking about the foundation of our life. And, you know, as a pastor, I do a fair number of funerals. And that is the one thing that makes all the difference in the world. You know, when you're sitting down with a grieving family or you're sitting down with somebody who's in the last stages of their life, the thing that makes all the difference at that point is what they believe, what they truly, honestly believe in their heart. You know, is their faith for real? You know, do they really think that uh, God is there for them? You know, do they really believe that, um, you know, their relationship with God is one that will see them ushered into the kingdom of heaven? You know, there's all these questions and things that kind of go through a person's mind, uh, especially when, the, you know, time's getting tight, when things are starting to get to the end of life. It's that foundation that makes the difference. I want to read for you uh, from the book of Matthew, chapter 22. Uh, this is the place where Jesus describes what the foundation of our life needs to be. And this is what it says in 2237. And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. These are the words that Jesus is talking and sharing with a, a crowd of people right now, or back then, and he's saying to them that, you know what's really important in life? Is where your heart is, and how much you love God and trust in who God is. You know, all these other things kind of come and go, and uh, that's fine, and that's part of life. But what, when the rubber hits the road, what really makes all the difference is what you honestly believe in your heart. In the simplest of terms, Jesus is saying that God demands that we are that He is number one in our life and in our heart. That's what He's saying. Above all other things, above all other situations, above all other people, God says, if you want to have a relationship with me, then I need to be number one in your life. Not just number one when all of a sudden, you know, you need something or, you know, problems hit. Not just number one when, you know, you know you're feeling like you're, you're getting into trouble here. Uh, you don't, you know, not number one when you just when you're feeling grateful, you know, something great happened and I want to give God thanks. He says, no, I need to be number one all the time. Not just when you're feeling grateful, not just when you're in trouble, not just when somebody is watching you. You know, a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, me and you got all the way. You know, and as soon as nobody's watching anymore, they go right back to, you know, some of the ways that we live sometimes, you know, without God in our life. And not just having God first in our lives when his will lines up with our will. That's one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is, is what God's will is and how it lines up with their own will or their own, you know, view on a certain situation. You know, well, this is what I think's right or this is what I think should take place. Yeah. 
There's a group called the Barna Group, and uh, they do a lot of religious studies and things of that nature about what's going on in the culture when it comes to religion and so forth. And and recently, the Barna Group did a study, and they were interviewing people that profess to be Christians. And of this group of people, 51% said that their family was number one in their life. And of all their priorities, it's all about their family members that they dearly love. Now, of the rest of the people in that group, uh, 33% identified something other than family, something other than God, as being number one in their group, in their life. Only 16% of the people surveyed said that God was number one. You know, we all know that You know, the church is starting to fall apart in many different ways. You know, in the culture, belonging to a church and attending church and services and all have changed dramatically over the last couple of decades, uh, and really a lot over the last year and a half, especially with COVID. It's kind of forced people to to look at at how I can have a relationship with God, how I can follow my faith. You know, in new ways. And how those ways, you know, apply to my life today and and whether or not I see them as really meaningful and deep and spiritual. And, you know, am I getting something out of it? There's a lot of disparity between what self-avowed Christians today say that their their relationship with God should look like compared to what God says it should look like. You know... God says that he needs to be number one. Matter of fact, it's not a suggestion. It's not just a great idea. God demands it. He does. He says that if you want a relationship with me, then you need to love me with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, your body, your strength. Everything about you has to have me in the number one spot in your life. And again, this is a command from God. Most of the time, though, we associate loving someone uh, with the feelings and the emotions that go along with it. You know, in the world, we, we're like, you know, well, you make me feel so good, and, you know, you make me feel wonderful, and you make me feel so special, and, you know, I love you. And, but in, in all honesty, let's face it, love is a choice. Love is a decision. I can choose to love somebody Uh, When I put them ahead of myself in my life, I can choose to love God when I choose to put him in the number one spot in my life. You know, I can choose to love someone or choose to love God regardless of how I feel about it. Now, I know that's confusing a little bit, but it is the reality. Many times, you know, people just, like I said, they, they want this warm and fuzzy feeling, and that's what they associate with love. Look at the love that God has demonstrated to us. He doesn't always have a warm and fuzzy feeling about old Joe here. But I know that God chooses to love Joe, even when Joe, you know, doesn't produce those warm and fuzzy feelings for him. You know, Joe is rebellious. Joe goes off on tangents, and but God still chooses to love me just like I need to choose to love him. You know, I asked in our church service a little bit earlier, 
I asked people, I said, you know, how many of you have read the Bible from cover to cover? Very few hands went up, just a few. And I asked them, I said, well, what is it that you're waiting for? I mean, when you think about it, God has chosen to, to write us this love letter called Scripture, or called the Bible. And over the, the centuries, he's organized this and he's put it together into a very uh, common form today that we call the Bible. And it's very much available. So if this really is God's word, why wouldn't we want to read it? See, part of the problem that many Christians have as far as putting God number one in their life is they really don't know God. They've never spent the amount of time pursuing God or searching God out to understand who he is or to understand his character, understand why God chooses certain things at times. If, if, if God went through all the trouble to write this, why wouldn't we want to read it? You know, over the years I've done a lot in prison ministry, as some of you know, and every once in a while, I'd come across uh, an inmate that had a, a, a writing type of relationship with somebody on the outside. And they would write letters back and forth to each other. And, you know, there were some times where they built up a really tight uh, knit relationship. A couple of times they wanted to get married. You know, but they did all this by learning about each other through uh, their writings back and forth. How can I expect to establish a relationship with God if I don't read his word, if I don't read the letter that he wrote to me? A lot of times Christians haven't read it. And a lot of times what they do, and we all do, this is a natural tendency, is we pick and choose the ones that we remember from Sunday school, or we, we pick and choose the ones that affirm who we are or where we are at this particular point. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, we remember certain ones that we like and then have special meaning for us. But we don't have a clear overall picture of who God is. Honestly, the only way that we can develop a picture of who God is, um, we'll never understand all of who God is here in this life. But we have to spend time with him. We have to spend time in his word. We have to spend time praying and meditating and communicating with God, if you want to know who he is. Because in order to trust him, in order to trust God, when it comes to the end of your life, you got to know who he is. If you think you know who he is, then you won't trust him. If you haven't spent the time with him to really let the character of God settle in your heart, then when those difficult times come, chances are you won't trust him completely. You'll want to trust him, but you just won't find it within yourself. You know, as a pastor, again, I've seen this so many times, it's pathetic. Where people get to this point of difficulty or, or tragedy in life, and they don't know what to do with it. They try and cling to God very quickly, but there's not this foundation or this basis of trust in who he is. It's not there. It's a difficult place to be. If, if there's anything that I accomplished today with uh, this message that I'm giving to you, it's that I want to encourage you to invest the time 
that's necessary in order to know who God is to the best of your ability. Now that means prayer, it means solitude, it might mean some meditation, and it certainly means reading the word that God has put together for each one of us. You know, his word to humanity, his love letter to Joe and and to you. Again, how can I know him if I don't seek him? If I don't take advantage of the resources that God has placed in the world for me to come to know him? Read his word. Take the time to study. Take the time to pray. Take the time to to let your heart open enough to understand who God is through the resources that he has provided to us. You know, if God is all-powerful and God is perfect in all the things that he does, then scripture must be one heck of a good resource for us to come to know him. In, in the book of 1 John chapter 2, these are some of the words that we read. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. You know, John is reminding us that God demands that we keep him in the number one spot of our life. And that through that number one spot, through keeping him in that number one spot, through learning all that we can about who God is, that we would trust in who he is. I submit to you that when those days come, when our life here in this life is coming to a close, the amount of trust that we have in who God is will be the most important thing in our hearts, in our lives, and for those around us. I think the level of trust that we have in God will also carry over into the next life. How can I go and expect to live the blessed life that God promises in the kingdom of heaven if I don't trust who he is? It just doesn't make any sense. You know, I put my wife on the spot here, Doris. We have a wonderful relationship, a wonderful loving relationship, but how close would it be if I didn't know her, if I didn't know her heart of hearts? It probably would be pretty shallow. So if you're struggling in your relationship with God today, you're struggling with trusting in who he is, Take the time to follow him, to seek him, to read his word, to spend time talking to God in your mind and in your heart. Look for him. It's one of the most wonderful promises in all of scripture. And it tells us that for the heart that truly and honestly seeks God, God promises that you will find him promises. So follow him. Thanks and God bless. And I just hope and pray that you're going to have a great week. And again, if you have not followed through on your on your pursuit of who God is, today's a new day. Thanks and God bless. Tough questions for God? 
is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church, where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live, Sundays at 11.30 a.m., or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining, and don't forget to like and share. God bless.